Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So here it is. You've got your matchup. You've got the site. You've got the date. You've got the kickoff time. The only thing that you don't have is any sense of, oh no, what's going to happen next? Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. I'm laughing because I recall vividly so many times over the past 10, 15 years where the Steelers would make the playoffs and either the first or second matchup was going to be against the Patriots or the Chiefs. And the entirety of this team's fan base would go running and hiding underneath a figurative desk. And you know what? More often than not, They were right to do so because the Patriots would do their thing or the Chiefs would do their thing. And there went the playoffs. The playoffs felt almost like a formality. Ah, It's cool that we made it to this level, but thanks for participating, everybody. We've got some wonderful prizes for you out back. Make sure you pick up those. And uh, yeah, and that would be the end of it. And before you knew it, half a decade went by. With no playoff victories, the team would just get there and then get taken to the slaughter. My friends, this team right now is going to face the Bills next Sunday, 1.02 p.m. in Orchard Park, New York. And I'm here to tell you, without being disrespectful or predicting things or jinxing or whatever else here, that the Bills are nothing special. And that's not to single them out because neither are the Dolphins. Neither are, I think, any teams on this side of the NFL bracket. Let me ask you this. Who's the best team? Not just in the AFC, but in the entire NFL. Who's the best team? We can all agree that it's the Ravens, right? What's the Steelers' record against the Ravens? 2-0. Now, you can come back, oh, they had, they rested all their guys and it was a monsoon down there and whatever else. Okay, fine, great. Not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about perception here. I'm talking about a fear factor. I'm talking about losing before you've even started playing. Do you really think that if the Steelers face the Ravens in the playoffs, that, by the way, is the matchup, if they should happen to beat Buffalo, that they'd be scared, that they'd be intimidated, having to go into M&T Bank Stadium. No, man, they just won there like a couple days ago. They couldn't care less. If anything, they'd probably feel more comfortable than if they were to go into a stadium that they don't see as often or an opponent that they don't see as often. All four AFC North teams finished with a winning record. Three of the four made the playoffs. This is not 
a group of teams that's going to be scared of anything. So why should anyone else be? Why, to the point, should the Steelers be? Why shouldn't the Steelers survey this entire scene without getting ahead of anything here and say, what about us? Who are we? We just won three games in a row, two of them on the road against opponents with winning records. We had our backs to the wall the entire time, couldn't afford a single slip up, didn't have any after that debacle against the two and ten opponents. They can say, look, we've got ourselves a quarterback performing at an NFL level for the first time in years in Mason Rudolph. And actually, he's been way higher than an NFL normal level. Got ourselves a running back that no defense would want to run into right now in Najee Harris, not to mention a pretty nice change of pace back there with Jalen Warren. Got ourselves a deep threat that's going to require you to put two people on him. George Pickens. Got a tight end who almost single-handedly beat the Bengals in Cincinnati and Pat Fryermuth. You can keep doing this. The other side of the football is a lot more challenging, obviously, especially with T.J. Watt down. T.J.'s variety of MCL sprain turned out to be one of the lighter ones, but that still doesn't mean he'd be back in a handful of days. But is anybody really, 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 with all due and immense respect to TJ, going to lose sleep over an outside linebackers group that's going to have Alex Highsmith, Marcus Golden, and Nick Herbig? This is the team's strongest position on the depth chart. By far. Minka Fitzpatrick insists he's going to be back. Well, that'll help. DeMonte Casey will be back from his suspension. So your starting two safeties are going to be out there for the first time in forever. And Landon Roberts can barely function, and he's going to be out there. So do we look at this team and include all of the various messes from the 2023 season, from Matt Canada, multiple quarterbacks, and every other thing, including all of the awful intangibles from the games against the Cardinals, Patriots, and Colts? Or do you just say, like most people do this time of year when it comes to this particular league, look at where they are. Look at what their trajectory is. Look at the whole, is this a team that you'd want to face right now with this type of momentum? And then from there, look at the field. Think about what you were thinking about last night in watching the Bills and Dolphins. Either of those teams have that uh, intimidating impact on you, huh? Don't make me say it. You can say it yourself. You watched them. That looked like the old Josh Allen to you. How about the Dolphins offense that was reinventing football just two, three months ago? And then how about all throughout everyone saying, wow, It'd be even easier to face the Chiefs with the way they're struggling. Once more here, with gusto, the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. The Steelers are 2-0 and against the best team in the NFL. The AFC North is the best division in the NFL. The Steelers went 5-1 and against the AFC North. 
and the Steelers are currently performing at a season peak, in particular on offense. Nothing to fear here, my friends. When we come back, J1Q. Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and they've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. Today's J1Q comes from Jeff, who asks, DK, did the duo of Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan show enough to be considered for keeping their current roles? They certainly have had a significant impact on the offense. I've been as critical as you with the hiring the next guy down the hall for offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, but that doesn't mean that these guys can't succeed. Jeff, I'm not going to lie, and, and the reason that I chose this question was it was one of the thoughts that I had leaving M&T Bank Stadium on Sunday and going back over what both Faulkner and Sullivan, each in his own way, depending on how it is uh, on the inside that they've divided their duties, have gotten results. And I think back specifically to the 71-yard touchdown that Mason Rudolph threw to Deontay Johnson, all of the various components that were involved in it, including the correct read of Baltimore's defensive formation. And then Deontay tells me after the game that it's a new play. It's one that they made. It's not one that was in the old Matt Canada playbook. And they worked on it at practice several times. They recognized something from the sideline that they liked. They told Deontay what they expected the play to deliver, meaning six points, if it worked the way it was supposed to. And then the players on the field delivered. Pat Fryermuth runs the perfect curlback decoy. Deontay knifes past his corner and through both safeties because both safeties bit when Mason looked off toward Fryermuth. And then there's the throw, which was just beyond perfect. The throw could not have been prettier. But it started, as do most great things in life, with an idea. And the idea, according to Deontay anyway, based on what he told me, was that of Faulkner and Sullivan. So, Jeff, to your question, can somebody earn the job? I don't know that. I'm not Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, Art Rooney. They're the ones that have to decide after this season how they're going to go in a lot of different fronts. But I do know a couple of things about NFL life. One is that you have to seize upon the limited opportunities that you get. When it's there in front of you, snap it up, devour it. Two 
is that it doesn't take that much to make a convincing impression. The same arguments that I've been making in favor of Mason Rudolph for about a month now apply to this. You can say, oh, it's just been three games. Now Mason, of course, is going to get a fourth. That's a quarter of a season. That's a quarter of an NFL season. That's not nothing. And when you throw on top of that, that for Mason and for these co-coordinators, they've done all of this under really adverse circumstances. All winning opponents, two of the three on the road, the Cincinnati edge rushers, the Seattle linebackers, the Baltimore defense as a whole, Baltimore having one of the better defensive coordinators, the whole thing, the monsoon, the having the third string quarterback being your starter, which in theory should have been something that handicapped the coordinators. And they've done it. Now, am I going to sit here now on this program and say, oh, yeah, absolutely bring them back? I'm not in a position to do that. I'm, I'm not going to take a hard stance on this in one direction or the other. But I like the way you think, Jeff, the way you said, hey, it's one thing to say we're against hires from the next cubicle, which is the way I've been phrasing it forever related to Matt Canada. It's another thing to say we're not going to consider anybody from the outside and we're not even going to have a process. And it's a third thing altogether to say that's it. They've earned it. There's about to be a lot more meaningful football. There's about to be a lot more information. There's about to be a lot more of a challenge for these guys, for Faulkner, for Sullivan, in terms of adjusting to another opponent and their ability to adjust based on the film that you've put forth with Rudolph on it. I appreciate the question. It's a really good one. I appreciate everybody who listens to Daily Shot of Steelers. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 